Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Big Ten Show. He's the almost famous Adam Carricker. I'm the much less famous Jeff Turn as we welcome you into all things Big Ten. But today it's going to be all about the football world right after. I ask Adam about another sport. We're going to be joined today by Jerry DiNardo of the Big Ten Network. We'll chat with him about some news surrounding uh, the, the the realignment, potentially, of the Big Ten. There's more teams in the mix. Uh, certainly, it's going to be interesting at the top with Michigan and Ohio State as the teams that need to be knocked off. We'll get to some uh, take your pick with regards to coaches, and we'll talk about some of the agenda items for the new Big Ten commissioner. But Adam, first of all, man, how you doing today? I am stupendously glorious. Uh, I, me- I mentioned to you right before I sat down, my head is spinning. I got a lot going on, uh, but life is good. I can't complain. Anytime I get to talk to you, my day gets better. Anytime I get to talk Big Ten stuff, it gets better, and especially football. So my day is now glorious. All right, good. Uh, I'm glad it's glorious. Um, I'm happy that we get to talk to Jared Donardo, one of my favorite people in all of football. So I'm pumped about that. Of course, he, he used to coach at... Uh, LSU and Vanderbilt and Indiana before uh, taking the 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 role at the Big Ten Network, and so uh, excited about that. But first, real quick, there were no Big Ten teams in the College Baseball World Series. Have you been watching the College Baseball World Series? My pick is Wake Forest. I'm going out on a limb and taking the number one seed. They yeah, came way to back. Go there. Yeah, they, came, they came back last night and pulled off the win. Uh, I got Wake Forest winning it all, and if I had to go with someone else, I'd go with LSU because they got this pitcher dude that is named Steins that's going to be an abs. He could pitch today in the majors. Um, so th- those are my two picks. I'm taking the front runners. Have you been watching any of the College World Series? First of all, typical Miami of Florida fan, okay, because I know you love that to take front the runner. favorite. Yeah, totally. Uh, I would actually go with LSU uh, pitching. Pitching is the number one thing in baseball. If you can hit, obviously, that's phenomenal, too. But I'm going to take LSU first. Wake Forest has obviously got to be in that conversation. I watched Stanford basically outplay them early on in the College World Series, and Wake Forest still found, after a rain delay, weather delay, an ugly way to win the game. So they're obviously going to be in that conversation as well. Now, I will readily admit to you, I watched more of the women's College World Series than I have the men's so far. I watched more of the the women's college world series this year than I probably ever have in my entire life. Um, I absolutely had a blast watching it. Oklahoma was so good and dominant that that storyline is fascinating. But I'll tell you what, I live only two and a half hours away from Omaha. I've been to the college world series before. I absolutely love it. Actually, the last time I went to the college world series, I didn't even make it in. It was a couple of years ago. And I went to the doorsteps of it. I had five tickets, me, my wife, and my three kids. And they were like five, three, and two at the time. It's like 100 degrees. We get to the doorsteps of the College World Series. We look up at a heap of humanity trying to go in. And I looked at my wife and I said, it's probably better that we just turn around. Because if we get in here, our kids are going to be pissed off. We won't get in for the next hour. You're going to be pissed off. We're already sweating profusely. So we sold our tickets on the street. And we went back and enjoyed the air-conditioned pool at the hotel. That's how we rolled on that one. So here, I got a random similar baseball story. I grew up in the state of Washington, grew up four hours from Seattle, grew up a big-time Seattle Mariners fan, Randy Johnson, Ken Griffey Jr., Jay Buhner, Edgar Martinez, all those guys, okay, when Alex Rodriguez was originally a Mariner. 
when he was like 18, 19 years old. We drive all the way from Kennewick, Washington. You look on a map, right? Uh, Richland, Pasco, uh, Kennewick to Tri-Cities. Four hours to Seattle. The game is sold out. We end oh, up watching nice. the freaking nice. game, playing the Yankees from a hotel room, and then nice. drove home. Nice. So not quite the same story, but somewhat similar, sort of. Okay, yeah, that's cool. So <laughs> did you did you make a pick for the College World Series there? Or did you just go, did you jump around that? I did say LSU because LSU. Of okay, okay. I was I was I mean I was so excited about my pick of West Virginia uh, that I did. We are efforting. W- w- excuse me. You said West, West Virginia. Virginia. I, I know. I was, Bobby Huggins, man, is on my mind after his tumultuous weekend, man. Dude. Dude. What if West Virginia joined the Big Ten one day? Then we could divulge into that a little bit more. Let let me ask you this real quick before we move on. We saw it at the end with Paterno for all those reasons. We saw Urban Meyer ousted because of controversy at Ohio State. But think about college basketball, man. We have a Jim Boeheim who's spiteful on the way out. We had a Bob Knight. Top of you know up there in the wins list, ousted well, for controversy. That's just Bob and Knight. Though. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> and then Bob Huggins is third all time on the wins list. Like I know they're for controversy and reasons why they're fired, but doesn't it kind of suck to see some of the great coaches go out that way? Dude, it's brutal when you put in so much time, you've had so much success, longevity, and then it ends the way that it does. And I know the Paterno thing was a completely different whole ball sure. of wax. I get all of that. Yeah. You know, um, and obviously that's a topic for a whole nother day, but that was a rough one to watch. He was there, what, over like half a century or something like that. It felt like 127 years. Okay, It felt like 4,127 years. Obviously what happened was terrible, but, you know, stuff like that is just hard to watch for for the coaches, you know, and obviously there's drama involved in some of this as well. Absolutely as well. All right, man, let's bring in Jerry DiNardo from the Big Ten Network. He joins us now, a part of the Big Ten Show. I am Jeff Turner. That is Adam Carricker. Jerry, man, it is great to see your face, my friend. How you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm a little, I'm having a little problem with technology, but I think I'm okay now. Join the we club, do, my friend. We do this every week, Jerry, and we still have problems with technology. Yep. So yep. no hard feelings. No hard feelings at all. First of all, man, do you even recognize the Big Ten anymore when you look at how many teams are in this conference? Well, uh, you know, I guess I, I, I. It's never really bothered me all that much. I, I think all of college football obviously is changing and uh, I take it in stride. It, you know, I mean, the Big Ten used to be 10 teams. The funniest thing was a couple of years ago when the Big Ten had 12 teams and the Big 12 had 10. Uh, yep. Yep. That, that was a little confusing. But other than yep. that, I, I, I'm good with whatever they decide to do. Go ahead, Adam. Oh, I was just going to say, as far as conference realignment, all sorts of rumors, all sorts of what might happen, speculation. Now AC, the ACC has this magnificent seven, seven teams that are trying to find what's best for them. Do you think conference realignment is done? And who do you think are the most likely teams to potentially join the Big Ten? Yeah, it, it's hard to tell whether it's done. This is all about the economy, right? And this is all about making money. So if you're at 16 and you add two and you go to 18 – if it's not the right place, if it's not the right schools, you know, at some point you don't get your money's worth, right? I mean, where 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 does the bubble burst? Now, I think anybody would take Notre Dame, especially the Big Ten. I think Notre Dame would be a fit. And then to make the numbers even, you could take someone else, maybe from the ACC, that would fit with Notre Dame. I think if Notre Dame stays independent, I'm not sure the Big Ten's going to be in position uh, to expand. 
You know, guys, and, and, and Jeff, thanks for sending me the notes about some of the things we were going to talk about. You know, all the other sports other than football is really a concern to me. You know, I mean, the, the sports that play more than once a week, you know, volleyball, tennis, or whatever, whatever that sport, whatever those sports are, and especially on the women's side, you know, are we going to leave L.A.? to play an away game at Rutgers, and then are the administrators going to tell us, hey, as long as you're at Rutgers, you might as well go to Maryland. And then everybody's going to say, well, what about school? Well, we'll send a tutor with you. <laughs> well, when, when the coach was in the home talking about the great experience and the great campus life, they probably never mentioned 14 hours on a plane and having to meet with a tutor in the Holiday Inn. So, you know, at some point, if the money's good enough, you know, let's be careful about all the others. Football's not a problem. They play once a week. You know, basketball's a problem, and all the other sports that play more than once a week. I, I have some concern for the for the student-athletes, especially the ones that aren't making a lot of money on the NIL. So, to me, I, I'm hoping that as they do, if they do expand, they kind of tell us what the volleyball player is going to do in L.A. when they join the Big Ten. Now, it could be East and West. I'm, I don't like East and West in football. But East and West for the other sports might be a good idea, right? And then yeah. if you do take Oregon and Wisconsin by way of example, then you have Oregon, Wisconsin, the two LA schools, and then the plane flights in Nebraska and Iowa. You know that's probably no different than the Arizona team going to Spokane. So let's make the travel no more than it's been. I guess is my point. Jerry, did I with us from the Big Ten Network? Real quick, Adam, I want to follow up with him. Yeah. You went to Notre Dame, Jerry, and so is like the landscape right now probably the most prime for Notre Dame to go from independent to a conference, or do you think they're still far away from considering that? Okay, so there's a couple things, Jeff. One is, you know, who's calling the shots, and if the people that are calling shots are so traditionalist that they think that – now, let's remember, Notre Dame's not an independent. They're an independent football. Okay? Right. They belong mm -hmm. to the HTC. So obviously they have no problem becoming a member of a conference, but maybe there's a, there's, there's a voice there. And I don't want to call it old fashioned, but a historic voice that says football should always be independent. What they have said, and what I believe is as long as they have access to the national championship, which 12, the 12 team, the 12 team deal is a huge bonus for their day. They don't have a championship game. They're going to play their – if they're ranked fifth, they're going to play their first game on campus. So the way Jack Swarbrick has interfaced with the committee, the AD at Notre Dame, it's a sweetheart of a deal as far as being part of the national championship picture. The, the, the other thing, Jeff, I, you know, the money from NBC, that was groundbreaking when they signed their own TV deal at NBC. I don't know how many years ago was that. But if the Big Ten schools are fixing to get – a hundred million a school in three, four, or five years. Can Notre Dame afford to turn down a hundred million? Now remember, at Notre Dame, all the money goes through a general fund. You know, the athletic department doesn't really, you know, the athletic department has to plug in in South Bend. They they don't they don't they're not a separate enterprise on campus. So I can remember when I was playing and, and Notre Dame broke the the the, the bowl rule. In 71, it was before I was playing, but not much sooner. In 71, when Father Hesburgh said, we, we'll go to a bowl game because we're going to take that $400,000 and we're going to use it for minority scholarships on campus. So if it's $100 million, 
can they use it for something other than football? My, my guess is they might be able to. So looking at it from the Big Ten's perspective, I actually have a two-part question. So Notre Dame, if they were, if they were to join a conference and talking about football, would they have to join the ACC since the rest of their sports are there? Or could they potentially join the Big Ten? And if you're the Big Ten conference and they're going to add somebody, you mentioned Oregon, I believe Washington earlier, are those the most likely schools that they would add or is it somebody else that might be on the Big Ten's mind? Well, Alan, I think Washington and Oregon are the, are, are the two biggest brand names left from the Pac-12. And, I, and again, we've got to think about the travel for these student-athletes. So you, you take on Washington and Oregon, two brand names in college football. They're both doing very well now, right? And mm-hmm. then again, the travel between you know, Washington and Oregon, they come down to SC and UCLA to play. They travel east to Nebraska and Iowa and Wisconsin. You know, that, that's, that's manageable. The question about where Notre Dame goes, I believe their roots are Midwestern roots. ACC are East Coast elite, if you will. I, you know, not necessarily athletics, but East Coast elite student body-wise. I'm not sure that's where Notre Dame wants to fit, but, you know, I've been gone a long time. Maybe they do. I, I see Notre Dame as a Midwestern school, uh, and I hope if they would join a football conference, it would be the Big Ten not because of what I do for a living. I would hope it would be the Big Ten because they've played Purdue in the past. They've played Michigan State in the past. They've played uh, uh, Purdue North. They've played Northwestern in the past. You, you know, they're playing only five ACC football games. I mean, it's very confusing, right? They're, yep. they're in the conference. They're not in the conference. Yep. And then and then their football deal is only five games. Well, I would suggest to you that we could find five Big Ten schools that they probably have played as much as the ACC schools in the past years. They're, they're an interesting school. They always have been. They always will be. Adam Carricker, I am Jeff Turn. That is Jerry DiNardo. This is the Big Ten Show. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, check us out, all those places. Jerry, when it comes to a new commissioner anytime in a league, there's always going to be sort of different agendas than the previous regime. What do you think are some of the – the major uh, issues that this new commissioner is going to want to tackle as he comes in and takes over for Kevin Warren. Well, I've said enough about travel. So to me, travel for the other sports, not football would be number one. I mean, I think TV contracts are, you know, always going to be an issue. I mean, all the hot buttons, the NIL, uh, you, you know, I felt like the Big Ten, because they had already signed a TV contract and the trend of commissioners in the Pac-12 and the Big 12 appeared to be people that had television background, you know, and that contract's already been signed. So I, I think if the next commissioner, I think Jim Delaney did this very well, if the next Big Ten commissioner can be an expert on all of the institutions that are members their specific culture. TV's, TV is done. Figure out the travel for the other sports and then get on campus and, and get a feel for Maryland. Get a feel for Michigan. Get a feel for Penn State. I mean, if you haven't gone to one of the Big Ten schools, you know, and if you haven't been on their campuses a lot, I think maybe that's what we need right now. And then when this TV contract starts to run out, Okay, then, then, then throw yourself in. And I thought Commissioner Warren did a good, good, a good job getting on campus to all the member institutions. And I'd like to see all commissioners do maybe more of that. 
So we got some new coaches in the Big Ten this year. Which so you got Purdue, you got Ryan Walters, Nebraska, Matt Rule, Wisconsin, Luke Fickle. Which coach do you think has the best year one at their new school? And five years from now, which coach do you think will have had the most success their first half a decade with their new program? Well, I think right off the bat, Luke Fickle takes over the best program of those three at the present status of it. Even though Purdue went to the championship game last year and Wisconsin didn't. If you look, I always, when I when I try to evaluate the West divisions, I look at crossovers and non-con. I mean, that, that's that's what it's all about in the Western division. And so if you look at those two things, Wisconsin has the advantage over uh, both Nebraska and Purdue. Alan, the long-term thing is really, really interesting because I say this all the time. If you've had greatness in your past, you can have greatness in your future when it comes to college football. Nebraska is really testing me on this, right? I mean, we're talking about a program that has won national championships in the Pac-12, the Big Eight, uh, and now they have really struggled of recent. So if you look at who could get back to their history, I think you'd have to say long-term, Alan, it's Nebraska. But that's been the toughest nut to crack. I mean, you, you know, I mean, Urban Meyer goes into Ohio State and boom. Jim Harbaugh, although it took longer than we all expected, boom. I mean, you look at these historic great places. Nobody. Now, to, Nebraska, to Nebraska's defense, nobody has switched conferences, fired every athletic director, including Tom Osborne, has fired every coach since Tom Osborne, including Frank Solich, who's a Hall of Fame coach. So, I mean, they've gotten in their own way to a lot of regard. Now, I think Trev Alberts is the perfect guy to try to get this thing straight. I mean, Matt Rule, I don't know Matt all that much, but if you look at his record, uh, it's pretty impressive. He certainly looks like someone that has changed with the times, with, with social media, with recruiting and all that. I thought Scott Frost was a home run. I mean... I really did. And I, think- I know I know. Adam thought he was a home run, too, considering he's the Nebraska alum. We all kind of thought it was. Adam was on board. I was on board. Everybody yeah. sort of thought. And then and it just and it started off kind of good with recruiting, Jerry. And then, you know, Adam and I have talked about this quite often. It just it just sort of tailed at the end, man. And it was sort of so strange considering the momentum right away. So hold on. It, it, hold it, on one I, second. Well, Al- ahead, Alan. Alan, Alan Carricker has a question here. Okay. <laughs> Jerry, you called him Alan once, and I was laughing because it's Adam, it's but you good. called him Alan, and we all had a good chuckle about it. It's, so it's all good, good, man. I'm no, sorry, trust me. We have fun on this show. Don't worry about it. I'm, I'm sorry, no, no. Adam. I'm, I'm on the phone. Give me a break. <laughs> I'm not offended in the slightest. My last name, I've been called Character, Car Riker, Kick a Car, Carrot Top. I've heard it all, man. <laughs> Being called Kick Alan is nothing. Okay, so I <laughs> want to take it Adam. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, I have one more question about Nebraska, real quick, because I've said for years they've got talent. They've recruited well. They brought in talent. Now they've had a mass exodus of a lot of players transferring, but every school has Nebraska a little bit more so than some. My question for you, uh, Mr. Donardo, is this. Will Matt Rule be the guy that can get them going? And I know that's kind of a loaded question. You said you don't know Matt that well, but just looking at the roster, if they have a coach who can actually build a culture and actually develop players, which he seems to be a guy who has done it in the past at tougher places, Temple and Baylor, could he be the guy that gets it going at Nebraska? Because all they've been missing is a guy to, to actually lead the ship, so to speak. Okay, so 
you know, Adam, sure he can be. You know, I'm really anxious to go to practice. You know, one of the great joys of my life and my job is to watch practice and have an inside look at universities and, and meetings and everything that most people don't that do what I do. So I'm anxious to see practice. I think the timing is a little bit off. And for this reason, you look at the West Division and you tell me Nebraska didn't have as much, if not more than every single. I'm talking yes. resources. I'm yes. talking history. I'm talking talent. I'm talking about all those things. If Nebraska couldn't win the West, I mean, now what's going to happen to Nebraska is, and I haven't studied the 24-25 schedule all that much, and I've kind of been under the radar until Jeff asked me to come here today, so I haven't really, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not game ready. But if, 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 you, if you look at expansion, if you look at 12-team playoff that you could lose two or three and still make the playoffs, Nebraska is still a great brand on TV. So why wouldn't you do this? Because you're not hurting your conference schools by getting, you're not preventing your conference schools from going to the class. Why wouldn't you schedule a heck out of Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Nebraska, Wisconsin? I mean, and let the schools on the bottom of the conference play one another. See, I, I was a leaders and legends guy. I was so mad when they changed that. I couldn't. I can't stand the East and the West because I just I, it's it's not balanced. And, and leaders and legends were balanced, and we all panicked because the the names were no good. I mean, I yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, yep. It, it yeah. was a great concept. They took they took the history of the Big Ten since Penn State joined it, and they took the four best and split them in each division: the four middle, the four bottom, and and they gave everyone a chance to be upward mobile. It was great. It was a great concept. But we had to focus on two bad names, you know. And, and so my point is it, Nebraska had its chance in a West where they had more resources than everybody else and a better history. Now they're going to get killed with the schedule. I mean, I think. 24-25 is out. But if I'm looking at $100 million per school in a couple of years, you know, Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, Nebraska, Wisconsin – it's going to be like the NFL. I mean, those, it's going to be tough schedule for those guys. All right, Jerry, I'll get you out of here on this one. The odds are out. Of course, they're out in Vegas with regards to uh, the, the chances to win the Big Ten. Michigan and Ohio State. Ohio State won, Michigan two. Are you taking one of those two schools or are you going to take the field to win the Big Ten this year? Okay, here's how I'm going to dodge that one, Jeff. Oh, <laughs> oh. No, I'm not really, really going to dodge it. Last fall – when we had finished the tour, I said that Michigan is as good, if not better, than Ohio State. And I predicted that we were going into the 10-year war. Now, you guys haven't been Big Ten guys all your lives, maybe. But the 10-year war, Michigan won 5-4-1. to one. It was Bo against Woody. Ohio State always had better players. Bo always, in my opinion, had the better coaching staff. I say all that to say this. I have to see Penn State before I answer that question. But I'm going to still answer it, Jeff. But I think Penn State could be my Michigan of a year ago. I would say right now, if you look at both teams, I think Michigan's going to start the season with a better team. Here's why. Ohio State still gave up too many explosive plays. I, I, I mean, if you look at 
who they played when they when Ohio State had much better players in game games last year, they won the game. But when they had to win the big games, their defense wasn't good enough. They're replacing, I think, three of their offensive line. Their offensive line wasn't great last year. They're playing with a new quarterback. Mm-hmm. And to some people, I think, and I haven't I haven't said this, but people I've read this that people think Michigan's a tougher program right now because they run the ball and they play better defense and all that. So I would say Michigan starts off for me, I'd say their favorite right now. And if I had to pick between Michigan and Ohio State, I would pick Michigan. But I'm not discounting Penn State. They've been lying in the weeds. They lost two games last year to Michigan and Ohio State. They won the Rose Bowl. They've got a great talent coming at quarterback. I watched two of their offensive line recruits. I mean, I couldn't believe how good they were. I mean, seriously. And so anyway, that, that's I kind of answered it. You answered it. That's cool. That great. That's cool. Yeah, works. You gotta see, guys, and I can't wait to watch you guys at all the campuses coming up this fall in the Big Ten or this this uh, this summer on the Big Ten Network. So I love your guys's your guys's breakdowns after you get a chance to look at them. So we'll be tuning in to all that, Jerry, and we'll talk sooner rather than later, man. Thanks, thanks for spending a little time with us today, man. It's always great to see you, buddy. Thank you. All right, Adam. This is Gary Donato signing off. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, dude. I like hey, it. That's Jerry, awesome. man, take care. <laughs> Jerry Donato, baby. That's How about awesome. that, man? He is great, that. man. He is just a wonderful dude. And uh, I always appreciate um, him coming uh, on the show, man. He is uh, he is a good dude. I've done radio with that guy many a times over the years, Adam. And his wealth of knowledge as a coach and everything else that he does, man, is just uh, spectacular. So, uh, He's absolutely great. Listen, yeah. um, I told you I had two topics that we so were hold, going hold to on, get. real quick, real quick. Let me just jump in real quick. So the yeah. first time he said Allen, I uh, was like, do I say something? Do I let it go? I, thought he, he, I didn't hear it the first time. No, I did. And then he said okay. it like 34 more times. I'm like, okay, now I have to address oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, But, but uh, dude, that's, that's what's fun, though. Like, I'm serious. I've been called Carrot Top, Kick a Car, Car Riker, uh, character. <laughs> kick a Car one. is my favorite. I've, I've heard it all, dude. Kick a uh, Car. Uh, I'll, I'll, here's the one I normally don't tell people. Carrie's crotchy was thrown in there one time. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> you know I'm going to – Carrie's oh crotchy. I'm, gonna, I'm definitely calling Adam Carrie's <laughs> crotchy. I should have told you that. All right, go ahead. What do you got? I don't know if I'll ever call you Adam Carrie Cricket, Carrie's crotchy. Oh, man. That was a mistake on my part. <laughs> I'm going to get you a T-shirt with your name on the back. Carrie's crotchy. Hey, merchandise ideas. Merchandise. <laughs> amazing, man. Absolutely amazing. All right, so I got two topics before we get you out of here. We got to fly through them. The okay. first one goes with what we were just talking about. Uh, this is an article from Outkick.com, but also this was from uh, Pete Thamel. He recently reported that outside of Notre Dame, there are, quote, no programs that will be coveted by the SEC and the Big Ten thanks to both geography and market more. Do you want to take a guess on who those two teams are? Uh, really quick, Washington, Oregon pop into my head. Miami nope. or Florida State. North Carolina nope. pops into my head. North I'm, Carolina's one. I'm North Carolina. Okay, the other one. Very close Clemson, to North Carolina. Clemson? Clemson? Virginia. No. Okay. Virginia and North Carolina. Okay. No other teams are more coveted by the Big Ten. Okay. Surprised, not shocked, schools. but surprised. Okay. All right. Yep. Those and uh, excuse me, and and the SEC, not just the Big Ten, but both the yeah. SEC and the. So okay. they're going to fight over them. They're going to try to come up with sweetheart deals to get them in, and we'll see what happens. And the other story that I wanted to bring up to you, uh, Marshall Levinson is a recruiting insider and writer on Three Sports, covers USC. He tweeted out a picture over the weekend of a recruit for USC and they have already as they you know they, these kids go in they take their yep. their their pictures 
They've already put the Big Ten logos on the jerseys, baby. I I love it. Forward thinking, that's where they're going to be. You know, getting used to it as a recruit, you're not going to be in the Pac-12 anymore. And it looks slick, man. Like, I've told you, I love Miami. But if I had to cheer for another football program, it would be USC, baby. And I can't wait, man. Miami of Florida is an okay school. All right. I always got to put so that So it's USC, in ain't it? Just yeah, that's right. That's right. I, I saw that. First of all, it does look sweet. Number sweet. two, how about just taking a Louisville slugger to the Pac-10 conference and just hitting them right in the balls while you got one year left on <laughs> your deal there? I mean, look, dude, That was the other thing that occurred to me. Like, holy crap. Talk about They've already moved on. They've oh, already moved on, man. They're wow. just, they're just, we're here. We're here because we have to be. I'm here I so guess. I don't get, remember Marshawn Lynch? <laughs> I'm here fine. so I don't get fined. <laughs> and it. that's exactly what USC is. I'm here so I don't get fined. All right, man. Yep. Jerry Denardo, Gary Denardo, Adam Karakrach, uh, Alan Carriker. <laughs> Whatever he's called. You that. They call me you that. Jeff Turn, okay? Very simply, as another page has turned on the show, look forward to chatting next week as well. Be well, Adam. Everybody else be well as well. We'll talk soon, y'all. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.